Well, when I was preparing for today's service, I started thinking about the world we live in. There have been considerable changes in the last 20 years, comparable in their impacts to the Industrial Revolution. The development of the internet, global purchasing, look at all the stuff we get from China, trade as never before, instant communications like Zoom, travel, banking, and the unprecedented flow of information and ideas. There's hardly anything happens around the world and it's not gonna be flashed up on social media or in the news with all sorts of chat and comment, but it's out there and we hear about it. Our society has become more multicultural and multi-faith. Different points of view and beliefs have always been around, but perhaps now more than ever, these ideas are readily accessible. In today's reading that follows, some people might consider that we as Christians are being inconsiderate of others, as we proclaim that there is only one God and only one way to God through Jesus. But we need to look at this and see what it's telling us. One Timothy chapter two verses one to seven. I urge then first of all that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good, and please God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle, and I am telling the truth. I am not lying, and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. This is Paul's letter to Timothy. And what Paul is saying from his background and teaching, he says there is one God and one mediator between God and human beings, man, mankind, all of us. The person who is the mediator is Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Now, a mediator is a middleman, a go-between, a peacemaker, one who bridges the gap between two estranged parties, in this case, God and humanity. 
only one mediator between God and humans, Jesus Christ. Now, this may be seen as exclusivism or even possibly arrogant, may be offensive to some who hear this. But what does it mean and what's behind this teaching? To answer, we need to start in the first five books in the Old Testament, which are the bedrock of the faith of many people worldwide. Today, we would start in Exodus in 25, chapters 25 to 31. And we're not going to read them all, but just where we start. We start <clears throat> with the Exodus. We've got Moses and the Israelites having been delivered from Israel, delivered out of bondage in Israel. And these are the descendants of Abraham. They were in the wilderness. And Moses went up Mount Sinai to meet with God and received the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment. When Moses returned, Moses followed God's direct instruction and instigated the taking of offerings and made a sanctuary. A sanctuary which God would choose to inhabit to show that he was with them. So the tabernacle was built and it was a tent. And at the heart was the place of the Holy of Holies, a physical space where God would manifest himself in glory in a very specific way and into which the people were not permitted to go or they would be confronted by almighty God and perish. Now, a system of offerings and a priests was established, including the position of high priest. And all this was part of what's referred to as the old covenant. And that covenant was between Moses and God for the people of Israel. Only the high priest was permitted into the Holy of Holies and then only once a year. And he could only enter after making sacrifices to atone for his own sin and the sin of the people. God could only be accessed via the high priest. The atonement of sin required the shedding of blood, the spilling of a life, in this case, an animal. The animal was killed and, as it were, took the punishment that was needed to make amends for the sin. The animal was in place of the people, a substitution of the animal for the person. Animal sacrifices, if accompanied by faith in the offender, made a covering for sin. There was forgiveness of sins and sin was covered from God's sight so that it no longer invited his wrath. Then, and only then, could the high priest enter the Holy of Holies into the presence of God. And today, Animal and blood sacrifices are considered by many to be unpleasant, but this is a reflection of what was happening at the time. Now, whilst the Holy of Holies helped to show the people of God that God was with them, it was also a problem because it could make people think that God was in the Holy of Holies and nowhere else. That in some way, God was actually restricted to where he was behind the tent, sort of like he's in the tent over there, out of the way. Yes, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies. But we also need to remember that God actually knew what the people were up to. He wasn't restricted to one place. He saw and heard everything that went on. But this knowledge 
doesn't constitute a relationship. It was only when the high priest approached God that they actually met. And to approach God and expect answers, you had to go through the high priest. This is the way described in the Old Testament as the way designated by God for us to approach him. So then we move forward to, to Jesus's day. Now the temple had been built and was the center of worship and it had a holy of holies. The high priest still went into the holy of holies only once a year. However, now the incarnate son of God, Jesus lived amongst them and he was sent by God the Father to save the world. And this started a new chapter in history. So now if we, we think about Jesus coming and introducing a new form of relationship, let's sing together, From Heaven You Came.
Jesus's life, showing God's glory to us in a way we can understand, showing us God's love. It reminds us that Jesus came as a servant and that he willingly suffered for us, even though he was God's son and a king. He sacrificed his own life for us. Remember what Jesus said at the Last Supper which we read in Matthew 26. While they were eating, Jesus took a piece of bread, gave a prayer of thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. Take and eat it, he said. This is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks to God, and gave it to them. Drink it, all of you, he said. This is my blood, which seals God's covenant. My blood, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus was sent to us by his heavenly father. And through Jesus, God instigated a new covenant that was ratified or sealed or sanctioned by his own blood. Jesus said all of this just before his death. Now the same ultimate aim is that of the Old Testament, the forgiveness of sins and a restoration of relationship. The new covenant is the appointed way by which God will pardon sins. We now need to look at not just Jesus as the servant king, but as our high priest. And to introduce that, Paul will now do our second reading, which is from Hebrews. reading from Hebrews chapter 9 verses 1 to 15 reading from the NIV Bible. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. 
In its first room were the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the, the golden altar of incense and the gold covered Ark of the Covenant. This Ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded and the stone tablets of the covenant. And above the Ark were the cherubim of the glory overshadowing the atonement cover. But we cannot discuss these things in detail now. When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience, consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Long and extensive passages, but we won't be going into every detail. I want to make a simple point. But before that, just a, an observation. If you look, remember the, 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 the events of Jesus' death, when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain that divided the Holy of Holies, or this holy inner place, away from the rest of the congregation, was torn in two, supernaturally torn in two, from top to bottom. And the Holy of Holies was laid bare 
laid open for all to see. In the new covenant, Jesus Christ is our high priest. He has passed into the Holy of Holies, into the very presence of God to cover our sins, but not in the old Holy of Holies behind this curtain, which was now torn in two and for which you could see there was nobody there, but into the heavenly sanctuary. Christ has become our high priest, as well as our prophet and king. And the function of the Hebrew high priest was to minister at the altar, a function that was shared by fellow priests. And he only went into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, and, and only then with the sacrifices we've heard. Today, Christ is our high priest in heaven, and that is the heavenly place where we come now to worship. We can only approach God through a valid high priest. And since Jesus has not died, but is still alive because he rose from the dead, he is still our valid high priest. There can be no other high priest whilst the existing high priest is alive. And since Jesus cannot die, he'll be alive forever. Therefore, Jesus is our high priest forever. And coming and accessing God through the high priest is the way that God declares is the method that we as humans must come to him. So to sum up, we have an ideal high priest, such as being described above. He has taken his seat on the right hand of the heavenly majesty. He is the minister of the sanctuary and of the real tabernacle. That is the one that God has set up, not man, not, not the one in the desert. Every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and make sacrifices. It follows, therefore, that in these holy places, this man has something that he is offering. Now, if Jesus was still living on earth, he would not be a high priest at all, because they already existed under the law for the old covenant. The old covenant pattern is a pattern of reproduction of things that are in heaven. And you must remember that when Moses set up the tabernacle, he was cautioned by God, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown on the mountain, which was the pattern of the heavenly tabernacle. But Christ has been given a far higher ministry for he mediates a higher agreement which in turn rests on higher promises. If the first agreement had proved satisfactory, if the Old Testament had been enough, there would have been no need for the second, which Jesus instigated at the Last Supper. In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, to come to God and be accepted, we needed to be cleansed of sin and to be forgiven. In the Old Covenant, this was done by the high priest in an earthly sanctuary. This was the way instigated by God for people to approach him. Now, to come to God and be accepted and be cleansed for sin and be forgiven. In the new covenant, this is done by the high priest in the heavenly sanctuary. This is the way instigated by God for people to approach him. If you believe in the God of the Bible, then it is clear that God sets the way we must follow to be acceptable and come to him. He sets that way, and it's through the high priest. 
So we read now today in 1 Timothy, in the early first reading, the new covenant instigated by Jesus. For there is one God. There is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This is why we say there's only one way, because it's the way that God has instigated not because it's the way that we as a group of people would like it to be. God says how we can approach him. And in the new covenant, we approach him through Jesus. And Jesus stands in front of us and says, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. What will you do? Will you come and worship him? Will you come to Jesus? and through him be forgiven, enter the presence of God and worship the Lord God of the Bible. been fashioned by your hand all creation holds together by the power of your voice let the skies declare your glory let the land and seas rejoice you're the author of creation you're the To seek and save the lost And exchange the joy of heaven For the anguish of a cross With a prayer you fed the hungry With a word you stilled the sea Yet how silently you suffered That the guilty may go free You're the author of you're the Lord of every man And your cry of love rings out across the lands With a shout you rose victorious Wrestling victory from the grave And descended into heaven in your way Now you stand before the Father interceding for your own From each tribe and tongue and nation You are leading sinners home You're the author of creation You're the Lord of every man And your cry of love rings out across Your cry of love rings out
content in this podcast is adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit Coastal Section. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved.